0: I was not saying, yes, do it. I was saying, ooh, intriguing, <laughs> or ooh, ambitious. And I was like, mm, mm. There was video times throughout the day that I was like, maybe you should pull back, Tasha. <laughs> and I would always say out loud, I was like, maybe we should all just take a step back from our garments and just look. Fears, 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 fears,
1: Weather, fears. time to go shopping. Come on, let's go. Now this is fun. The middle of the night going shopping. Come here. I called these guys and said, could I shop alone? Because I got to talk to you guys and shop alone. And they said, okay. Come here. They got to get in the door. Have you ever been in anything this
2: size alone at night? Come here. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfe, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And in celebration of All-Stars 8's Supermarket Ball, I am here to confirm that Kenya Michaels is definitely not here, as we prepare to host our latest episode live from inside a Gilson store in Southern California, but we couldn't get a permit, so with the help of former Drag Race judge and star of the iconic 1992 VHS tape shopping with Susan Powder, we're sneaking in in the middle of the night, currently trekking through the parking lot, and I can confirm that there are no Heidi and Closet surprises in this lot here. So. The coast is clear. Wow. Look at this. It's
3: huge. Come on, let's go shopping. And I'm EW News Director Jillian Segeron. My (laughs) milk is spoiled and my fruit is just hanging by a thread, but I too have made it inside the store, but I refuse to whisper, (laughs) which in this episode also features interviews with Mrs. Kasha Davis and Heidi in Closet as we make our way through the aisles, but I'm already feeling parched. Susan? Are you here? Can you help? Look at this.
1: I want you to spend a second here with me. Look at this. Water! How much water could there possibly be? Look at this, water. Isn't water water? I mean, how how many kinds of water do we have?
3: Thank you, our queen. I love
2: that drink. If you haven't already gathered, we have committed our seventh, perhaps eighth or ninth... <laughs> crime on a recorded line on today's podcast with our chosen recording location um, to one of the all time great deities of pop culture, Miss Susan Powder. Um, In celebration of the supermarket ball, we have enlisted Miss Powder to take us through a grocery store as we recap episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 8. Jillian, are you wearing the
3: The Chanel diaper baby hot dog couture? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Now, let's head to my favorite section of the grocery store as a self-hating vegetarian, the butchery. Is that what it's called? The,
2: butch- the deli?
3: I don't know. The meat. <laughs> Where do they keep the meats?
2: Sibling butchery.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's drag I'm- king show.
2: Yes, I am. I am- oh, my <laughs> God. I am actually very proud of you for saying couture.
3: Um, Do I literally have a post-it note right here reminding myself phonetically how to pronounce it? Yes.
2: Oh, my God. Okay. Because this is not a video (laughs) podcast, our dear listeners, you cannot see that Jilly M. Closet just held up a purple post-it note that said K-A-T-O-R. Couture.
3: A word I famously learned how to pronounce by mispronouncing it on a very early episode of our previous binge podcast.
2: Yes, two syllables that will haunt Jillian Closet for the rest of her life.
1: Look at what they do in the middle of the night to the meat department. The cupboard is bare, but I can still tell you about meat, can I?
3: Check the labels. Check the labels. Calm down. We can confirm that we're now comfortably settled in among Susan's and Joey's favorite snack aisle, the chips.
1: Chips and dips. Chips and
3: dips. I love chips and dips.
2: Mmm, I love that chip. So, let's talk about the many things there are to talk about on the All Stars 8 Ball episode. We opened the episode with some drama. With Kahana Montrese shocked that some queens, including Mrs. Kasha Davis, voted for her, which even Mrs. Kasha Davis seemed to recognize in hindsight was perhaps not the best move. With three episodes in, how are we feeling about the voting strategy so far this season? Because it seems to me that it is – things are kicking into high gear a little bit sooner maybe than they have in past seasons.
3: Yeah, I think it was – was it Candy who pointed out that there has not been one unanimous vote yet this season? And that did not change with this episode. So right, I think it yeah. is strange that it seems that they are not agreeing to a voting strategy, which we have seen in, I think, all previous All-Stars seasons where they've either agreed, let's base it on track record or individual episode performance, at least for the majority of the season. Whereas in All-Stars, Eight, it seems that it's kind of based on your personal, your personal feelings about the person, um, how much emotion they evoked from you when they were giving their speech, uh, their background, all kinds of things. So it, it seems really risky to me. Like nobody, how do you ever feel safe with this kind of voting?
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly how I like it. I mean, I, I like the fact that it seems to be divided. It's entertaining. This group, I can't say it enough how engaging I think this group is. And I like it that there is so much sort of side strategizing going on. Because I think the last time I remember an All-Stars being this uh, split was maybe at the beginning of season of all Star 6. Remember, there was like the Silky and Akira and all of that stuff going on. I remember that being sort of interesting. Um, I know the dynamic changed for All-Star 7, which some people don't consider to be an All-Star season, even though it is. Uh, I loved that format. But just judging based on the actual voting formats, I think this is probably the most interesting voting we've had since the Silky and Akira thing. So I, I I'm really enjoying it. I really think that The queens are being forced to – or maybe not being forced, but these are people that just know how this works and they know – as much as it is good strategy for the game, they know it's going to play really well on TV, like Heidi pulling Jimbo and Candy and Lala aside separately. It's just it's it, I just love to see how this is all playing out. And you will hear from Mrs. Kasha Davis coming up later about how all of this apparently went right over her head, even though there's one shot of Mrs. Kasha Davis standing literally right behind Heidi and Lala Reed during their miscongeniality Congeniality Summit strategizing. And Mrs. Kasha Davis did not hear a single thing. So.
3: That's that's interesting to know because, yes, it did play out as Heidi and Lala attempting to strengthen their miscongeniality alliance with by speaking right in the middle of the room where I, it looked like everyone could overhear and Kasha right next to them. And in the work room, we also got some really fun tea and story time with the gals as they worked on looks for the balls, including more development on Alexis Michelle's crush on Lala Ree and Lala saying she would go on a date with Alexis, maybe just for the chicken dinner. Um, and also revealed that Mrs. Kasha Davis <laughs> and her longtime friend, Darian Lake, <laughs> once made out. Um, I really loved that mm-hmm. we got this extra time in the workroom with these kind of interactions. I thought were really fun. And what I was really missing with the shortened episodes in season 15, how are you feeling yeah. about the cast dynamic. I know you've said every episode how much you like how they are all getting along, but how do you feel it's setting the stage going forward?
2: Oh, I think that this is – I don't necessarily think that I like the fact that they are all getting along. I think that this is setting the stage for something wild to be happening. That's why we're getting so much focus on the strategizing and also the sort of sisterhood of it all. And I think the Heidi thing from Untucked, this episode, which we'll get to later – also plays into that of setting the stage. Like it feels like something really crazy is brewing. So especially Mm -hmm. with the teaser at the end of this episode where Heidi is like, I have tea that's going to burn this competition down. So I I just, I think that this just feels really fun. Like they are all just fun naturally together. Yeah. They have a good dynamic, whether it's good or bad. But yeah, I, I think that this, you really do... This is like – because these episodes on Paramount Plus are an hour long without commercials. So, Mm -hmm. that is – this is just proof of how – I mean, it it feels like to me Drag Race is – how do I say this? I think that it feels refreshing and fun in a way that it hasn't felt in a while with the season and we're only three episodes in. Because we are getting Mm -hmm. so much time with this really great group of people that knew each other before the season really well like they were on tour together a lot of them but we're also seeing that early placement on drag race being out first second third like a lot of these queens on the season doesn't define your worth and talent as a queen so bring reaching back into the sort of drag race archives whereas all-stars i feel like used to be you sort of had to make it far to make it on all-stars this is just proof that everybody who goes on the show is inherently a star and can do really thrive really well in the right context of this competition, and I think this is a really great showcase for all of them. That's what I mean with all of this.
3: Yeah, I think the one thing that we're getting this season with so many people who maybe didn't make it as far as as prior seasons is that we are getting both the really fun interactions, but also we're. we're we are meeting the queens or maybe being reintroduced to the queens in a different way than we have yeah. in some of the more recent All-Stars where we're just like, yeah, we know everyone. We don't need all this setup. And then it kind of becomes mm-hmm. filler of like a, a pillow fight or tickling or something because they don't really have anything other than just some <laughs> fun interactions, which are fun, but you know, it's it's not quite the also the the chat that you get in a regular season when everyone's meeting each other for the first time we are getting a little bit more of because people are like, Oh, I don't know you as well. Or maybe I like, haven't like been on a tour with Kasha Davis. So people are getting acquainted.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: The stakes are just so much inherently so much higher for somebody like James or Mrs. Kasha Davis and Kahana. So we are seeing a dynamic play out that we haven't really seen before on drag race or all stars. It's these people who are coming in with this massive amount of talent that they have built up. After the show, because when you make it far on drag race, usually like you're at that point, you know, you you've succeeded that far on the show because you've shown what you can do and you made it far in the competition. You won over the fandom and the judges, these people who are out early, it's bringing so much that the fandom who only consumes the show by watching the show and doesn't really consume too much of what's going on outside the show. There's so much weight behind that and it feels Like it's propelling the show forward in a way that we've never seen before. So I am all for this season. I think this is one of the best seasons we've had in years.
3: Yep. I feel the same.
2: Well, speaking of drama, this ball was absolutely a huge improvement over the season 15 ball. At least I think there were only maybe like a few clunkers that stood out among the three categories. The first of which was legendary queen.
1: Yogurt right next to the milk.
2: Fruity Patootie.
1: I don't have enough room in my cart for the vegetables or the fruit.
2: And Supermarket Supermodel. I know that we have previously labeled this podcast as, just one week ago, the Jessica Wilde experience. And while we are still obsessed with her, we are making a remarkable change of opinion temporarily just for the ball.
1: 2% or 32%? Which one, guys?
2: But I I mean, Jessica was deemed the winner of this challenge and Lala and Candy and Jimbo were in the top. Heidi was very clearly upset by these results because she was only safe. <sighs> as much as I love Jessica and Jillian, I know you love Jessica too. I just, I was scratching my head a little bit with this one. I think Jessica looked great. That fruit loop look, wonderful yeah. chef's kiss. The last look. I think I am I was sort of agreeing with Kahana and Heidi of being like, hmm, this is the challenge-winning look. Um, and I don't want to send any hatred to Jessica, but it it was confusing to me.
3: Yeah, the last – the self-designed look, she says in the confessional that she didn't make it to the ball in her season, but that she – did do the design challenge of the curtain look, and they showed it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this actually reminds me a lot of the curtain look. I mean, it was like fine. And I went from <laughs> yeah. absolutely loving the Fruit Loop look, screaming when she did the callback to the acai, and I oh, love that so drink. Good. And then when her last look came out, I'm like, okay, still pretty good. Like our girl is safe. Yeah. And then when, yes. like I, I wasn't uh, sitting there like, oh, I, I hate this look or anything like, oh, you should be in the bottom no, or anything either. like that. But then when they said, yeah. Yeah, the top. I was like, oh, okay, you know, she's the to put it in in lux terms, like she's the a high top or a you know maybe a number two or number three <laughs> top, but not the not yes. the winner of this challenge. And then when she was declared the winner, I was like, oh no, I just I yeah I I don't want to say anything negative about her because she is just her personality no. and everything she's doing in this season. I love it so much, but I I didn't agree. But yes. I, I thought that was also kind of what I enjoyed about this ball like or i guess it's a representative of what i would really enjoy about this show if you take away social media basically (laughs) like if we could all just talk amongst ourselves about disagreeing about things and have it known that you know i this doesn't mean anything about the queen fashion is subjective there are looks here that i liked that you didn't like i've seen other people talking about looks that i didn't care for that they liked and if you remove like trying to make a queen feel like crap about the way that the judges reacted to it. I think it is still like such a fun show to discuss. It just gets to the point where it's like, if you're not a drag queen, you have no say in talking about these people. If you're like tagging them, it just becomes so like, who's <sighs> allowed to talk about what they are, yeah. which is crazy. It's a TV show. I mean,
2: I, yes, I think that, tagging people in your opinions that are negative, I don't agree with that. I mean, I think that that is just going out of your way to be mean. And just because people are on a television show does not give you like carte blanche to just be actively mean to them. I think that that needs to be called out. But I do sort of have an issue with people saying that people who aren't drag queens cannot watch a, a television show that we all know is a heightened form of reality and is not like cinema verite of like going out into the drag world and putting a camera on queens at local bars at shows and then us just shitting on them it is yeah. a TV show made for consumption and the same way that people think that pop music or movies they criticize those things um you know I, you don't have to be a film director to not like a movie and the same way that Somebody cannot like something that walks down the runway. And again, I'm not saying that I disliked anything that Jessica did. I thought that she was wonderful on the runway. I thought it was a really nice package. And I screamed at the acai dress. I I was in the office actually <laughs> watching it. And I was like, oh, and I I got so excited. We actually did a breakout post on that. Everybody can see that at ew.com slash drag race. You should all go check that out. But I thought it was great. And the judges really appreciated it. So, like, giving it to Jessica on, like, nostalgia alone for that dress, like, sure, I'm sold. But just, I think if we're judging it just based on the looks that were made in the workroom, I did personally just prefer, I think, Heidi's. I would have given it to Heidi, I think. And that's not to say that Jessica did bad. I don't think Jessica did poorly.
3: No, not at all. It It was almost like this weird turning point where you're, like... Where you love somebody who's an indie artist or an indie director or something and then suddenly they are like (laughs) directing a Marvel movie or like the number one pop star in America and you're like, no, like that's my like little secret person that I love. Even though I think Jessica has tons of fans, but it has just become this thing where, you know, like (laughs) us constantly playing her, I love that drink and having to explain to it what it is to some people to, like, now she's winning this. indie
0: folk artist Jessica (laughs) Wilde.
3: Yes. (laughs) Anyway. um, So, I I just, it it made me really, it made me worry for her that now, like, our, like, what will the The reaction be? And, like, I, yeah, and I just hate that. I have to watch this show thinking about, like, oh, God, what is the reaction going to be? Because if she just got that, even if I didn't agree with it, I'd be like, oh, my God, like, look, this person that I am delighted by, even if I didn't love her, even if she didn't have my number one showing this week, she still won. Like that's great for her. But then I'm like, Oh my God, is there going to be a jump the shark moment where now everyone's coming for Jessica? And I'm not going to be able to yeah. do that.
2: I think people love her too much for that to necessarily happen. Truly. I think that she's sort of mm-hmm. not, I, I mean, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like I feel like she's just the kind of person that it's just, that's not going to affect her. And the fans aren't going to really try that. I don't I don't know. I, I just feel I like know. she's not going to get a fan base by ever. That.
3: <laughs> So, I mean, I, I would say know the fans say,
2: as we have distinguished.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> We've distinguished between the two different type of fans yes. of this show.
3: Um, so yeah, for me First of all, I was disappointed in the legendary category that so many people came as milk the drink, but not one person came as milk the drag queen. That would have been a great <gasps> gag. Oh,
2: that and would have been love. Oh, I could see Jimbo doing something I, like that. I think
3: that would have been so funny. Um, or come as come as milk when milk came as RuPaul out of drag that time, <laughs> or as the bearded look. So many, so many options to choose from. Um,
2: or Merle Ginsburg's milk carton from Cornbread's basket. Yes.
3: Well, at first I thought because Lala did have a bunch of milk carton, like a purse with a bunch of milk cartons on a chain, and then T.S. Madison yes. made the joke about like putting mint on there, and I was like, yeah, she like I hope that Merle Ginsburg or some kind of or like Cornbread on there or something, uh, Cornbread's yes. ankle. Much like we broke into this store today for our gag on this episode, I also, it made me really miss the days of early seasons when we got to see the queens go on field trips. Um, this was also this a supermarket yeah. unconventional challenge was also the first ever episode of Project Runway. So it just really made me think of like a bunch of people running around a store, literally grabbing produce and finding things to make stuff out of, like earlier seasons, the when they went dumpster diving, when they went to the thrift store, yeah. like I just I miss that so much. And I know that everyone would have their phones out. But even if they went in the middle of the night to see them kind of running around, having at least like store employees there reacting to it, I I just really missed that with this ball.
2: That would have been really great, I think, to see them do this in a supermarket. Uh yes. Just like, oh my gosh, what was the one? Is so it season four where they did the zombies? Yeah.
3: And they had a bunch oh, yeah, of alums of the show. Yes. Do we like pretending yeah. to be zombies? It was so fun.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: For me though, and I know I already, I said last week that Heidi was like for sure my top of the SNL challenge. She was just like hands down my top in this challenge. Every single category, the things that she brought with her, I thought were just stunning. I thought her... Milkmaid or milkman queen, whatever we want to call this, the milk woman.
0: Milkman um, queen.
3: <laughs> she was so inventive. She looked so hot in that look. It was so cute. I loved it. The strawberry was just unlike something uh, we've seen before, and I thought she just did it so smart. So the good. proportions. I could see someone just coming with like a giant yes. strawberry reveal type of thing and the way she did it was just amazing but it was like wide-legged
2: pants it was so good it was so so good
3: and then the thing she designed i I have seen some people saying that they didn't agree that it was that great but i to me it was like one of the best things i have ever seen someone design themselves especially someone who's not a the professional costume designer i can't remember what her experience is in in sewing but i mean this was just like ev- like the ombre effect everything about it was so it came together so beautifully and so i as mm-hmm. much as i kind of don't like it when queens are real pusses about being safe i was like right there with her and justified and we could talk about that later but i just i thought she for sure won this challenge
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I know you're not about to say something about your own adopted drag mother, (laughs) Jillian Closet. I will say that Heidi goes into all of the work that went into this dress in our interview coming up. You all have to stay tuned for that. It is a great interview. And do you remember in our very first interview of the season, Heidi teased her paper towels and loofahs? Yes. This was the paper towels and (laughs)
3: loofahs. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I mean, Mm -hmm. and she did such a good job that I didn't even clock where the loofahs were on this.
2: And she didn't lie, as is very (laughs) important. (laughs) She did not lie. Finally, a
3: drag queen that did not lie to (laughs) (laughs) Um, Joey. The other remain nameless. Were there any other looks from from the ball that stood out to you as deserving to be in the top or that you want to shout out?
2: Oh, absolutely. Candy's uh, legendary, I thought, was one of the best, if not the best look on the runway, single looks on the runway. I thought it was divine. I also thought that Kahana's banana look, yeah. my, I was... Shouting over that, I thought that that was incredible. I really liked Mrs. Kasha Davis's banana showgirl. I thought that that was Mm -hmm. because you know when you're judging each queen, it's like you're you're judging it. Because if if Mrs. Kasha Davis had come out in something like Candy's legendary, I would have been like, "That's great," but it's it's not Mrs. Kasha Davis. And I thought Mm -hmm. that that banana look was something that was so good for Mrs. Kasha Davis, tailoring herself to this challenge and. I thought it was really, really spectacular.
3: Where it lost me, though, in that regard, is that it was so similar to her. Let what was it famous before, where she did the Zigfield Lucille ball? Yeah, it was kind of in that same. was still good. Caftan, caftan style. Caftan style. That's not a caftan. What are you I don't know what is battle? it. <laughs> I don't you can't not
2: and Closet, Queen of Kucher saying <sighs> that Mrs. Kasha Davis's literal glistening gown was a caftan.
3: Well, what is that style of garment called? <laughs> Ugh, cut this out. A gown.
0: <laughs> no, that's so funny.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna,
2: yes, at the Oscars, we're now doing caftan watch on the red carpet. <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm, I'm about to Google some photos for you as soon as we end this recording. Yes, I'm going to
2: do it right now on Mrs. Kasha Davis. Fruity, patootie look. <sighs> Let's see if there was...
3: There's no caftan, by Well, I don't remember what it looked like, but it, it, it this reminded is me of the Jillian Zinfeld look.
2: You are truly my most cherished and favored... <laughs> ever podcast co-host in the history of podcast co-hosts that I've ever had.
3: Because I'll always make you look (laughs) better no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) By my lack of knowledge. I thought James's look was also really cute for something that she like pulled out from unconventional challenges It just didn't give me the supermodel part of supermarket. But I thought just as a pure design challenge, it was really good. And Kahana as well, even though... It was superhero, not supermodel, but she still did a good job and her makeup looked so good.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely did.
3: Um, but someone who maybe didn't agree with us was the judges um, on this episode. The The judging was a little bit harsher than we've seen in recent years. I think maybe even because Ross and Carson have been called out so much that they might be trying to sugarcoat things a little bit more. Um, but T.S. Madison telling mrs kasha davis that she hated her third look on the runway and jojo siwa also saying that that kasha's look uh was more like a confused three-year-old's birthday party um did you feel that these were especially harsh or did they did you have thoughts on this
2: uh yeah i i thought that ts is um and while i think that ts should absolutely be the full like I mean every episode judge and I don't fault her for saying this I think that it was fair for her to say this uh you know she's a judge she's being honest I do think that you could see that it hurt Mrs. Kasha Davis a little bit and that's understandable they're in a high pressure competition and Mrs. Kasha Davis also told us in our interview coming up how she felt about this I appreciate that TS keeps it real and um, I do think it was harsh but it's not unlike. It's not like this is the first time we've ever seen a judge be harsh, and I don't think it's the harshest we've ever seen a judge be on Drag Race. I mean, famously, Heidi N. Closet uh, was told that her makeup was awful and that Nicki Minaj hated it back on season 12. So I thought it was pretty in line with that. Um, But yeah, I I think that the one thing, though, that I will say is that I did think it was interesting for Jojo Siwa. To give the critique of the fact that Mrs. Kasha Davis's look looked like a three year old's birthday party when the three year old didn't know what kind of theme they wanted to have while wearing what she was wearing on that panel. I am not saying it was bad. I am just saying I think that Mrs. Kasha Davis's look and Jojo Siwa's look could be found at the same store.
3: No, I disagree. Just I think just that teasing. JoJo's I'm look just looks like a three-year-old that had a Jo-ja, JoJo... JoJo...
2: JoJo Siwa. Jo-ja.
3: Jo-ja. <laughs> JoJo's look was like a three-year-old having a JoJo Siwa-themed birthday party as a drag queen. A drag queen JoJo Siwa, which is exactly what she was going for. And I fully support the look, even if I would never wear it. Yes,
0: Um,
3: But I I do also want to say that Kasha did tweet about TS Madison and tag her over the weekend saying, I think if TS Madison is ever going to be a permanent judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, she needs to be more clear with how she feels. Stop the sugarcoating, which was completely sarcastic in a loving way. And then they both um, tweeted at each other that they loved each other. So there is no bad blood. Um, we're not gonna have a, a Selena Estedy's calling Ross out, unfortunately, <laughs> scenario between these two. But yeah, I mean, I think like if anyone, um, TS is the one that uh, seems the the best person to to hand out these kind of critiques. If if anyone, if anyone should be allowed to, it's TS. Yes, um, but I do want to. I do. I have to share. How I watched this episode. Yes, you have been
2: teasing this. For I, this before I'm the just, I, like what I, what could this possibly be? I am so ready.
3: Because no, it's just that I okay. So last week when I said when I was saying, like, oh, I hate that we don't get to see the deliberations at all because they're in Untucked. I should just pause this episode and watch Untucked. That's what I did with this episode. And hmm. when I did that, I was like, they're making it so clear with their like how much kasha we are getting in this episode that like it's probably her time to go. Yeah. Um, so you know, let's just see how this goes. So So I watched it. I watched the main episode. And then as soon as they announced who was the top and bottom, but before they went backstage, I paused it and I started watching Untucked. So I start watching Untucked, and suddenly it's all this Heidi drama of Heidi saying, I'm about to quit. These girls are going to be gagged. I'm done. And I was like, holy shit. Like, what is, I was on the edge of my seat. I fully thought that Heidi was going to go out there and quit. I paused it. At the point that um, JoJo had just given – had just come in to speak with them. And so – I, because I didn't want to know who the lip sync assassin was. I wanted to be able to guess it as the curtain rose. And so I go back to the main episode and start watching it thinking like, oh my god. Like is Heidi going to be sitting there? I didn't know. Like how is Heidi going to – like I fully thought at that point Heidi is going to quit this episode. Mm. And I just don't know how. And so I was – it was the most suspense I've ever been <laughs> <laughs> in my life watching Drag Race. It was, I mean, as if like I was waiting for the count to see like who had Heidi's lipstick. Um, and so then when, even after they did the lip sync, uh, I still did not know if Heidi was going to like say, stop, like I'm <laughs> like I'm quitting. <laughs> like you'd pull some kind of like bendala. It was like, it was just truly, it upped the stakes more... In an insane way. And so now I'm curious how you watching it the normal way, like watching the full thing, knowing who's out and then watching Untucked where we don't really get anything resolved about there's like zero resolution to Heidi announcing that she's going to quit. So it almost felt like if you didn't watch Untucked, like you have no idea that this ever happened and until maybe in the next week's episode. So how was the experience for you?
2: Yeah, that is real. No, I would have never even thought to do that just because I'm so used to doing it the the norm, quote-unquote normal way. But I think this needs to become the new normal way. I am actually – okay, the next week when we get the screeners, I'm going to watch it like that and tell you how I yeah. feel about what – yeah, that's – no, that is I, – I do not have an opinion on this yet because I have not done it. But you just sold me in a way that like has me super excited. So, I'm going to watch next week's episode like that because I can totally see – yeah, there was like – there's no sort of resolution to it on the main episode and you would have had no idea and heidi looks so sad when mrs kasha davis goes (laughs) she's you know crying and putting her hand on her mouth and it's just like yeah so there's you, you don't know what's going into that emotionally charged moment if you don't watch untouched as famously well, they are just living up to the show slogan. If you're not watching Untucked, you're only getting half the stories. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it, it sounds like it was very true in this case.
3: Yes, for sure. But what do we, what do we think is going on with Heidi? What did you? Can you? Uh, I know you have a full interview with her coming up. What can you tease?
2: Yeah, we. So everybody should definitely stay tuned for that. She is very open about her mindset going into this and some maybe factors that played into. She called it, um, she had a strong challenge, but a uh, weak moment, I think is how she put it on Twitter. So we sort of dive into that a little bit. She also says that her tea that she teased uh, that could burn the competition down for next week deals a little bit with drag delusion. So, Mistress Isabel Brooks, uh, we might need to get that uh, vaccine from you shortly. So everybody should definitely tune in to see if there is trouble or not, ahead for our beloved Miss Congeniality, Heidi and Closet, and Jillian's drag mother.
1: Give me my pasta! I'm alone here. I can scream as loud as I want. Pasta! You got little... Ooh, look at these. These are like little half shells, mini shells, long ones, bow ones, egg noodles, round curly ones, in big boxes. Wow, Look at the size of these.
2: This lip sync ended up being between jessica wilde and raja o'hara with jessica winning and sadly sending mrs kasha davis home with darian also in the bottom two with her all while paying tribute to lavenino uh, with her look and a giant breastplate that she jiggled around the entire time and attempted to get raja to lick
3: is that confirmed
2: well that that's what it looked like <laughs> it definitely looked like she was okay. like holding it up okay. to, to raja
1: again slip it in the sandwich
2: it was interesting, though, because it appeared that the judges were very much into this and the general vibe of the audience online seemed to be into this too. But I think it is worth noting that Jimbo did receive some flack at the start of the season for her entrance look with the giant breastplate. So, Jillian, I'm wondering how you felt about these moments and if there is maybe a difference between what Jessica and Jimbo did in your estimation. Not saying either one of them that were saying they did something wrong, but just sort of gauging this reaction in the fandom what do you see as maybe differences in, in the two?
3: Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about this after I watched the lip sync and was absolutely living for the lip sync and was like, is it because I love Jessica so much? Or is there any kind of connection here? And I really found that there there wasn't for me. And I And I don't want to invalidate anyone's feelings about Jimbo. I think that both sides of the discourse about if Jimbo's drag is offensive to women. um, I think they both have points. Like I don't, I don't think it's, I I don't think either side should be dismissive of what the other one is saying about like what point Jimbo is trying to make with her drag um, or how especially some of these young girls in the fandom feel that, that it's coming across to them. Um, I don't really want to get into that debate here, but to me, the main difference was this is a song called My Coconuts a, that is a very like blatant metaphor like in the song. Even I had never heard this song before, actually, like is very obvious what it's talking about. And so what Jessica was doing to me was playing along so much with the song. And even to me, I don't remember if we got into this previously on the podcast or just um, between us i really did not like uh, many of yara's lip syncs where she was just shaking huge breastplate around in a way that uh, physically hurt me which to think about what she said was a tribute what to her mother like to do. um <laughs> which she said is a tribute to her mother just violently shaking her boobs <laughs> um and so to me just even the way that jessica's Coconuts were moving in this. It just was like very fun and and whimsy, I guess. And nothing about it was made I mean, I, I can't say like making a joke out of breasts because it was about the breasts doing this, but it just wasn't like anything that um I don't know, like it wasn't punching down on the boobs. <laughs> it was bo- it was bouncing it was bouncing them up, not punching down. The so it was just one punching. of those the boobs. One were of the, Yes. So I don't know. Um, I I just I thought it came across very fun to me. And I just no part of it was I thinking about how does like what comment is she trying to make on certain people's bodies with this look. Um, It was just how do I have a really fun look and really do something uh, energetic and fun with the song to me
2: really enjoyed the lip sync too. I thought that it was um, the the same thing that you are saying is that I think the song choice is the thing that sort of set the tone for this. And Jessica was clearly responding to the song and its lyrics and tying her performance to that, which is in itself like a very campy song. So, um, which was, you, you know, the song itself is sort of comedically leaning into those same sort of things that Jessica was doing. So uh, I do think, yes, the distinction that you made there is very, very poignant and uh, important to hear. So thank you for doing that.
3: Well, Susan, we've packed our carts with rice, pasta, and (laughs) Wooter. And I think it's time to add our guest interviews to our carts.
1: I may have checked out a long time ago, but right now I'm checking out of this grocery store.
2: Well, first on our shopping list of interviews this episode is a chat with our soft and supple Miss Congeniality winner, the delicious and nutritious Heidi N. Closet, who talks to us about her shocking revelation that she contemplated quitting the competition after she didn't place in the top for her fabulous creations for the supermarket ball. It's all coming up next, so stay tuned. welcome back to ew's quick drag podcast i am parked and perched like a perfectly bundled surprise waiting in a glasgow parking lot for my next guest who has performed so well on all stars eight so far and made headlines for as she says it best worrying about Heidi on the latest episode when she made a bombshell revelation that she was thinking about leaving the competition. Luckily, though, she is not going anywhere because we have her right here to break it all down with us. Please join me in welcoming the ever-fabulous Heidi and Closet. Heidi, how are we feeling today?
0: Hello, how are you?
2: I am doing great. I have your um, makeup wipe that you gave me so many months ago in this very apartment that I'm recording in right now it is blessing do, over us
0: I do you love me <laughs>
2: Yes truly it has become a treasured artifact in this house um I have to know though well first i want to say thank you for being here and i just have to know how are you feeling today after the fans have sort of oh my processed God. this wild episode for you over the weekend
0: It has been crazy like it's been not like i like i Like going into this week, I was like, oh God, this is going to happen this week. I wonder what's going to, what's going to, like what the reaction to everything's going to be. And it's like wild because it's, I think it's like a general consensus by the the fans that no, I felt correct. Because I was like, oh my God, I was like, I could so easily come off as delusional because I'm already so animated and so like in my own world sometimes I could probably easily come off delusional. But it, it was nice to see because usually when the girls are like in the same zone, it's like, "Girl, that's a lot of emotion for safe and stuff." <laughs> but, but I don't think that's been the necessarily the same reaction for me. So I'm like, "Oh well." Whew.
2: Oh no, absolutely not. No, I will say that I was. It, that was my first thought when they announced the top queens. I was like, "This is insane that Heidi is not in the top." <laughs> I mean that. It really threw me for a loop. And I know that Jillian, my uh, podcast co-host, who's not with us today, but mm-hmm. who you did adopt um, many years yes, ago when yes, we did yes, our yes. season 12. <laughs> she mm-hmm. is in my phone as Jillian Closet to this day. Um, mm-hmm. But she was also very surprised by this. And it, it was it was wild. We will get to this, but I want to sort of set the stage. I, I'm wondering if you can maybe walk me through your mindset heading into the ball challenge and why that particular challenge was so important for you to do well in and like how much time and work went into the third look
0: oh yes okay well for me personally i really really wanted to do well with the ball because i feel like the ball itself encapsulated basically my struggle of season 12 yeah it would have been like the perfect like the chef's kiss of it would have mm. been like this is a queen who was on her original season who couldn't do makeup didn't have the best outfits or concepts and came back and won a ball like it just it was i mean it, i mean it was there they could have done it but they did not but <laughs> to me if i like i want to be able to prove that i could do all the things that all the people thought i couldn't do mm-hmm. like people didn't think i could turn a look people didn't think i could present good makeup and stuff i was like well this is just like all of it together so i really really wanted it i was like i want this so, oh, so bad. It'd be so cute to do it. And then we went to the workroom. We saw all the materials and we were like standing there waiting for us to be allowed to like go run. And we're just looking. I'm trying to figure out which products I want and stuff. And it was a, a mad dash. and We all got our things. I went with like a completely different concept at first with materials thank mm-hmm. god i went the opposite direction thank god what were
2: those what were those materials
0: well originally actually you can see it actually in the episode where when i have my one-on-one with rue i have the brawl, and the bra has like balloons on it and yes. i was like oh i'm glad i took those off because when i when i had gotten towards the end of it and i had the whole look together i looked from a distance I'm like oh the balloons do not look good you did say in our first
2: interview for this season paper towels and loofahs Was this the paper towels and
0: loofah situation? This was the paper towels and (laughs) loofahs. Yeah, it was. I had to take those paper towels, I had to roll them out in long strings or like spray paint them myself. Oh my God. And then there's some that are like ombre as well. And it's like (laughs) fading from the darker color to the lighter color or vice versa. I worked all day on that look. It was intense. I was probably high on the fumes, honestly. Unfortunately, I ran out of uh, spray paint. So.
2: Well, I love the Heidi and in Closet inventing paper towel ombre. I that is,
0: thank you, an
2: iconic moment. But I, I, I want to let's get into the difficult stuff here because I know it was a trying day for you. So, yeah. what was your first reaction when, or what did you think in your head after the judges declared you safe and you were sort of walking backstage to Untucked?
0: I was a bit confused. I was a bit be beguiled and confused for sure mm-hmm. because it was crazy. Because like. This also is a challenge where we can like look around and kind of see.
2: Yes, yes.
0: And it's like I'm looking around and I'm seeing what I'm seeing, <laughs> and to me personally, it wasn't adding up. I was like, "This don't make no kind of sense." But okay, they <laughs> <laughs> were all right, and it was like very much after like a sleep deprived night because I it was crazy because I didn't go to bed till four a.m. Wow. And, And then I have to wake up at 6.30 to go. So like two hours of sleep. So I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I was like, am I just, am I high or am I still or something? I was so confused. As we're walking back there, I know that I was, (laughs) I was flustered. And then I wanted to, I remember actually wanting to put on my uh, bunny rabbit slippers and they would not let me put on my bunny rabbit slippers. I was like, let me put on my bunny rabbit slippers. (laughs) And they wouldn't let me. So I was irritated from that. I was like, okay, fine. Fine. I don't want to put on my bunny slippers now. No. <laughs> they I was from my original season. Yeah, uh, yeah those. They wouldn't yes. let me put on. I was like, you know what? Fine. Keep the slippers. <laughs>
2: oh, That would have been such a great callback. I am so sad that we didn't get to see that. But we did. You provided good TV shortly after that, she though. Does, I mean, you, you, you called Jimbo out directly and said that her <laughs> look was a dress with bubbles which I was thinking
0: the same thing the girls kept poking at me throughout the whole untucked right and it was like poke Heidi you're not talking Heidi you're not talking I'm just like well maybe y'all should take advantage of me not talking and y'all talk that's in my head that's what I wanted to say so bad I was like maybe y'all should talk then if if y'all know I talk so much and I'm not talking maybe this is y'all's chance to talk that's that's Mm -hmm. what I was saying in my head but I was just it was more so like I was just trying to like Get all my energy. I'm, I'm a Libra, so I like to try and find balance before I say something too crazy. So I'm like trying to find my balance, but then the girls are just over here poking and then poking. I'm like, okay, you can only ask me the same question so many times before I start getting irritated. And then the other girls came in, and um, I, I'm going to say I was the only girl that was upset. Um, that the, <laughs> I was only one. Um, <laughs> But then Jimbo came in, and then the reason why I came for Jimbo's look specifically, even though I think Jimbo's probably had one of the stronger packages, because I still have eyes and they do work, I still came for Jimbo because I was looking at Jimbo like, Jimbo, you're not doing the categories, though your looks are great. I even told her, I went down the whole package, I was like, first look, your milk look, I think it's fabulous, it's fashion, I think it's a wonderful look. If you take away the title, Legendary, and I look at this look, I don't get dairy. Next look, your fruity patootie, I get the, I get that you're calling people fruity. I get it. I'm not stupid. I understand that reference, but Cher is not a fruit. <laughs> and I just let her hold it. And that's just fine. That's just how it is. But that's the thing. She's like my best friend. And she was like one of my closest friends there, too, when, when we are doing this. And the thing is, I read my friends the, the most. Yeah. I'm gonna let my w- friends know how I feel and do.
2: That's how family operates. I mean, yeah, you you feel the, the best and most comfortable reading your friends your sisters when they need it. So basically and what you sometimes did, you though- gotta
0: let just know she's not wearing fruit.
2: Right. There you go. Share is not a fruit, as Heidi says. Um so you basically said, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you to Andy
0: and did. And, it, and it. Yes. Well, you also I did
2: think it was. Uh, I mean, you did have this alliance with Jimbo and Candy, though, spoken earlier yes. in the season. So I'm wondering, like, did that weigh on your mind when you were calling Jimbo out,
0: though? Like, this is somebody who's in my alliance. Oh, the thing is, we had had conversations prior to the season. So we were like, we, we're we not calling each other off limits as far as, like, talking shit to each other or whatever. But, like, we will, like, be honest with each other.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. No, I get that. I get that. Um. Did, did you, at any point during this though, did you actually try to sort of leave after telling Candy that you wanted to leave and what ultimately got you to stay and not leave?
0: Well, I don't know if I can actually necessarily say all that because it was more so stuff off camera that okay. ended up uh, keeping me from going. But at the end of the day, it came down to, was I content with all that I had done there and what I finished showing and stuff? I was like, I have some more. I have a little more show. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But that day was a very rough day. And also it was just a very emotional day because it was, I was just take, I also was taken aback by, um, uh, Kasha, unfortunately, uh, leaving us. I was very hurt by that too, because they, they didn't really show how close me and Kasha got. And I was walking around the workroom calling her auntie and stuff. And it was just very, it was just a rough day. I was like, Oh, my sister's in trouble here. And I was just like, Oh, I'm just not getting close to her. And like, and she's there's a good chance. She might go. It was a lot.
2: Yeah, I did want to talk to you about that too, um, because you did have a very strong emotional reaction to her leaving. So I just w- was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on that and why that hit you so hard.
0: Yeah, well, me and Auntie Kasha, we we um, we shared the uh, where we have our all our stuff hung up at. Ours mm-hmm. were connected, so we were always near each other. And in the work, in the beginning of the days when we walk in and we're just like around in the workroom and stuff. So we had a lot of camera talking and like off camera talking and all uh, all that stuff and we kind of just naturally bonded she she saw me as like a very sweet person and I've always gravitated towards old people um <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I was raised by my grandmother uh so that's probably part of it she reminded mm-hmm. me of my mom, so I was like yeah I like you <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the, the best Heidi answer I, I love old people that's why
0: you I love, love old people <laughs> Well,
2: it did seem like in this episode you were also encouraging her to keep going with the birthday party look in the workroom. So was that like strategy, Heidi? Or no, was that it, like
0: it was not me. Don't do that. It. it was not me. I was not, I was not I was not saying yes, do it. I was saying, ooh, intriguing or ooh, ambitious. And I was like, mmm, mm. There was videos times throughout the day that I was like, Maybe you should pull back, Tasha. <laughs> Tasha, maybe, I would always say out loud, I was like, maybe we should all just take a step back from our garments and just look and just see if you, you know, I was, I'm not, the thing is we grown. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I I may subtly suggest.
2: Yes, subtly. Maybe
0: for the sake of us all, we take a second to breathe and look at stuff from a distance.
2: Soft and supple suggestions. That's what yeah. we give. Yes. So you did also say on Twitter that you had a strong challenge and a weak mental state on this episode. You did. I mean, my heart really went out to you when you talked about your grandmother in this episode. It was a lot going on for you clearly on this episode and in a confessional. That played in this moment you said that you were running on fumes even though it was sort of i mean this is only episode three in the competition so i'm wondering if you can elaborate on if it was physical mental or was there something that contributed to you being in this headspace outside of the competition as well
0: i think a lot of, i think it actually is like a a combination of all of that like the thing is we 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 go to the drag we go to drag race and we lose our support system that we're so accustomed to. So that was weighing on me. There was a lot going on with my family around the time I left as well, because um, we had lost my grandmother two years prior, and then like my family had been like, we've been really struggling. Like the last time I was with my entire family, a gun got pulled out. So oh. it's been quite the struggle there. And then we get there. And then it's just like a a pressure cooker in the competition. And then long days of filming, late nights of like working on stuff in the hotel. It it just was overwhelming. And in that moment, I was like frustrated as well between not understanding what was going on. Because I'm looking around, I'm like, I personally, I've never once said I thought I should have (laughs) won. I've never said it. People have said it. Jessica Wild said it. Yeah, I never said it, but I was like, looking around and I'm like, this, some of this don't make sense to me. And I was already flustered. And then what was really the cherry on top was that tangerine house of love cocktail. They starve us from alcohol and then, and then they give us the strongest drink possible <laughs> and it just, the floodgates open.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think we, we it, you could see the progression and I think you saying that you were sort of being poked at by the other people to speak, and then you also saying what Jessica said to you, I can totally piece it together as to how it went from the runway to what we saw in Untucked. And I mean, it, again, it was just my heart went out to you with this episode. I could tell what you were going through. I tried also to look to see how you and Candy were sort of reacting to the lip sync and and maybe how things from Untucked carried over after that. So okay how long was this impacting you because you even didn't look very happy in the the Jojo Siwa thing when she came back
0: oh well gag um i was actually um opening up to all the girls i was actually about to like be like to all the girls. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then JoJo Siwa walked in right before I said it. So I was not enthused. I was definitely not enthused with Jojo When she walked in, I was in my feelings and I was actually opening up. And then as soon as I was literally about to say the words what I wanted to say, she walked in. I was like, Oh
2: no. Yeah, I was looking right at you. I was
0: looking right at you. I was just I was just so like, I was like. No, this bitch didn't. Just walk in.
2: So, but then you didn't sort of make it public to the girls. Correct. Okay. So, but then that brings us to the last thing I'll ask you is in the preview for next week's episode, you did say I have tea that will burn this competition down. Uh So what can you tease? Is the Miss Congeniality crown coming off?
0: (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. It stays on, but it might get a little dirty. In The crowd, the congeniality crowd is going to stay off, but it's going to get a little dirty for sure.
2: Okay. Beds, yeah. can can you point us in a direction of, I know you can't reveal exactly what it is, but like maybe a general vibe or a theme of what this tea
0: concerns? I think it's, it's uh, betrayal, heartbreak, denial, deluge.
2: <laughs> All great words when it comes to Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> so someone needs Mistress Isabel Brooks's drag delusion vaccine is what you're saying,
1: yes, yes,
2: right. Yes. cannot wait to see it. Heidi, it is always a genuine joy to speak with you. Um, I a just think perfect. that. That you are wonderful you did wonderful on this ball episode and even though you did not win the challenge i think you can i hope you are feeling the love from the fans and
0: that's the thing that it's been so beautiful like so many people have sent me so much love from the ball and honestly a lot of people have sent me a lot of messages about my grandmother and me yeah. about that and i'm just i want to take the second and say I appreciate all that love and for all the people who have messaged me and said that they can connect with me on that story because similar things happened with them. I'm sending love out to them as well because I know that time in our life was very, very hard for everyone, but we get through it and we get stronger. So so I just want to say that
2: yeah she sounds like she was a wonderful person um i'm glad that people got to know her a small bit through you and uh you know getting to know you on television so uh you know as Rue said you are making her proud so um thank you so much heidi again for always being so sweet
0: thank you so much darling Thank you
2: so much to Heidi N. Closet for parking her excellence on this podcast like a car or a bowel movement parks in a Glasgow parking lot. Up next, because there's always time for kindness, we chatted with this week's dearly departing queen, Mrs. Kasha Davis, who breaks down that devastating elimination, her reaction to T.S. Madison's brutally honest critiques, and she tells the full story of that time she made out of Darien Lake. Don't go anywhere. You definitely do not want to miss this one. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast. In addition to being soft and supple, today I am ready to be stuffed with succulent excellence as I sit down for what I am sure is going to be a delicious brunch with my next guest. Dear listeners, please prepare for tea time as we welcome one of the kindest, brightest lights on the drag queen circuit, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Hello, Mrs. Kasha Davis. How are you? Hello. And I have to say it, brunch.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It has been on a loop in my head since you first <laughs> said this. It is who knew that such a
4: regular word could become so excellent when spoken by excellence. <laughs> well, it, thank you. It's not a regular word, though. I mean, everybody loves brunch and True. all of our of our uh, straight supporters and our allies, they want drag race and they want it in the form of brunch. And so I was very glad to to really you know, give them a shout out
2: yes well yes um straight rights that's what that's mrs kasha davis's uh platform here
4: well i mean more so more so the allies that come and they support and they come to our shows and
2: Mm -hmm. uh so yeah oh no i'm totally just teasing you i know (laughs)
4: <laughs> um,
2: but this was I want to talk to you about this episode again. I, I'm just I was so sorry to see you go on this episode. Um, it was a it was a bit of a chaotic episode to say the least, um, <laughs> as the ball the ball episodes usually are. But I want to start at the top of the episode with you and Kahana talking about last week's vote and her telling you that there was no bad blood after it was revealed that you voted for her to leave. So did you feel from that moment on that there was no bad blood, or did you sense maybe a shift in the workroom dynamic after the whole cast started to sort of see the voting patterns form?
4: I don't necessarily hone in on bad blood stuff. I thought that we had the conversation and I felt like it was good. I mean, I think ultimately what happens with me is that I don't recognize alliances being formed. I think, oh, everybody's doing a great job. We're all here to do our best. And and if I watch the episode or episodes and I see that happening and I think to myself, where was I when that was happening? Like I didn't notice it. So uh, I think in that respect, I I sometimes get naive to it. Mm -hmm. No, I
2: understand. And I, so, so that you didn't really notice a shift or maybe like a intensifying of the competitive aspect. Once the voting pattern sort of started to settle in, because that's when we usually notice in all stars, things to start to get a little spicy is when, people's voting patterns start coming into play and who's going to vote for who. And so that really didn't come into play that much for you. I wouldn't say
4: too much, but I mean, I, I will, I will say I, I suppose I noticed that some of the gals would go off into to separate conversations. And I thought to myself, well, I wonder what they're talking. They must be talking about the hem of their dress or you know, <laughs> how to, how to, to best utilize this super glue or this hot glue to make this fabulous, you know, handkerchief dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, hot topics of the drag queens. Um, yeah. But
2: you know, speak on that note. We did see Heidi strategizing in the workroom with Lala for a little miscongeniality strategizing summit as you all prepared for the ball. Um, and they said that they were going to keep it a secret, but they do. There is a shot of you literally over Heidi's shoulder working on your stuff, very close to them. So, could you hear what they were saying in that moment? And did you try to
4: maybe get in on that? I don't know if you noticed, but I might've been a little, um, Oh, what's the word obsessive about how much I could glue to a corset. I mean, if anything was walking by, I mean, a roach could have gone by and I'd be like, like add it to it. It's going to be fabulous. Um, and so I, I was zeroing in on that and, uh, I think the Miss Congeniality, uh, award, I, 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 I feel like sometimes I don't even strive for it because it's just part of my DNA. Mm-hmm.
2: So you, di- so you did not hear the miscongeniality summit of strategizing going on. Um, I, I do want to go back to another moment with Heidi though, because Heidi tweeted that she shifted her butterfly-themed dress at the last minute to avoid a potential butterfly-gate like they had Kimono-gate on uh, Season (laughs) 8. Because you and Jessica also had butterfly-net dresses, too. So was that a decision that Heidi talked to you about when you all realized that you had
4: butterfly-net dresses? Yes. uh, We were in the process of uh, getting crept and, you know, what are you wearing, what are you wearing, everybody's talking to each other. And she was like, oh, and well, I also have this other one that is netting-like. And... uh, it was it was it was too many butterflies. Mm. So, what did you think of
2: Heidi's butterfly net dress? Though, do you think that if she would have worn it, it would have been a threat to the other
4: butterfly dresses? <laughs> it seems like butterfly dresses just don't make it on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Anything, I mean, <laughs> or, or butterflies—they just fall dead. Um, <laughs> so, as it were, and I think uh, I think it was probably a strong choice. Hers looked really much like within her. Brand, uh, Mm -hmm. what she
2: chose to wear. Mm. Did you hear from Asia
4: O'Hara about all of this? (laughs) She's yeah. Well, she's she doesn't ever want to talk butterflies again. I don't think. Uh, I was I was there for that moment, and I was like, "Was that supposed to happen?" (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay, so we have not heard from her since (laughs)
2: since this episode aired. Um, Not a a word. She's busy. She's busy. She is busy. She is very busy. Um, We love to see it, but you also apparently busy in your past you made a big reveal during prep for this challenge that you once made out with miss darian lake so yes please, please tell me
4: this story it's alcohol induced is what had happened oh i see uh, i see it, it was back in the day oh mm-hmm. god i mean you know when you're out at the clubs and there might have been a couple bottles of booze in you and uh we had been chatting i think on gay.com and we were like exchanging what kinds of flavors of ice cream and i didn't necessarily they were just back and forth and just joking and it wasn't very let's just say it wasn't sexual or anything Mm -hmm. and then we were at the club one night and i don't know what she was on and i know i was on booze and then we just made out and we were like "Mm, okay well then that was that (laughs) (laughs) so darian like is not a good kisser is what you're saying (laughs) No, i mean she was she was i just I, i don't know what we were doing i think you know how when you're when you're at that late night part of the uh, night and just like oh you'll do and it happened i mean i i don't even know that i necessarily put two and two together that she was darian lake the drag queen performer because she just just like the cutie patootie there in the bar and i was not doing drag yet so i was like mm-hmm. oh this this fellow this fellow will do and then it just didn't happen i went back to the tangerine <laughs> so this was a while ago this was like a oh, like a yes. year Oh, gosh, this probably would have been like 2000.
2: Okay. 2001. Right. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was more of a recent thing. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, God, that makes no. sense. <laughs> no.
4: I mean, now it's now we're br- like, we're like, I say we're brothers, we're sisters, we're family, and we we fight like family and we love like family. So we're there mm-hmm. for each other no matter what, but there's no making out anymore. <sighs> no.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, M- Mister Mr. Kasha Davis might have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Davis would be like, excuse me. <laughs> So, I do want to talk to you about the ball as well. Um, This episode, it's a fan-favorite episode. It is always one of the best episodes of every season. And I thought, I have to say, I thought, I laughed at your sour cream. I immediately got it. I was like, she is sour cream. I thought it was really funny. Um, I thought your second look, that was one of my favorite looks of the entire ball, truly. The banana showgirl. I thought it was so beautiful. Um, But the third look... (laughs) I mean, we did see some shots of Candy and Kahana and the other queens. They were sort of reading it, like whispering about it in the workroom. And it seemed to be that you were not around for that. So I'm wondering, did anybody say anything to you in this moment? Or did they keep all of those thoughts
4: to themselves? No one said anything that I remember. Idarian said to me at one point, because our drag, my drag mother, uh, her former boss, Naomi Kane, was like, sort of she was saying, remember what Naomi says or remember what Aggie says, less is more. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. I like, if you look, I mean, I like clutter. I'm somebody who has like <laughs> organized clutter and I like patterns. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all of my drag has that. And so I was, I had this thing going on in my head and uh, I went wild. <laughs> I, <laughs> so it was a, it was almost a a, a busted pinata. Mm. Did you keep that look? I know sometimes queens like to keep looks from Drag Race. I threw that away. So we were uh, in the midst of making our way uh, back to the main stage, and I was like, I did. Yeah. I so okay. I mean I don't know that anybody needs to see it again. Or if we do, maybe I could work with a designer uh, and say like, this is the concept. This is what I was headed towards. Can we make yeah. it actually? You know, it might be interesting to see.
2: Yes. no, oh, uh, like a 2.0 of the um, confetti cake look. But uh, we now know that like the golden boot is like a regular thing.
4: Is this something like, would you be proud to get a golden boat boot I would love. Listen, I have spent my career being the underdog. I, I don't know if you remember me from season seven, the opening credits. I mean, it's it is what it is. And I have built a career off of this type of thing. And I am never, ever ashamed of my mistakes because they help me to learn. Listen, I know going in that what I could do well would be a skit. What I could do well is to to sing and dance and perform. I don't create costumes. And every time I ever have tried, they always look very similar. You know, it's not my forte. I've made the attempts to learn to sew. And I thought to myself, Why on earth would I wear this? It looks like arts and crafts, and I don't have the passion or desire to make it perfect and make it look like it's something that I can wear on stage. So, why not just pay the experts?
2: Yeah. You know, no. And you said that in a confessional on this episode, too, that like in 2023, like drag queens are paying
4: designers. Like that's just sort of the standard now. Um, Yeah. I I mean, so many people. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what RuPaul would make. That's a good point. I would love to see RuPaul doing it. Yeah, <laughs> she would never. She has no reason to. I mean, she's got all the support in the world and uh, she's absolutely incredible and there's no shade there, but it's like, right? I, we're at a point where we're all stars. We're not crafting uh, stuff. And I get the challenge and it's fun. It's fun to see people scramble and uh, put that stuff together. Um, but, you know, it's not my strength and it was obvious. Well, I do. I do want to take it back to I mean, T.S. Madison had a very
2: strong reaction to this. I mean, she actually said this, I hate. And I always feel for the queens in those moments because I know you put so much time and effort into this show. And I know that things like that can't be easy to hear. So uh, how did getting those critiques feel in the moment? What was running through your mind at that point?
4: I mean, it hurt my feelings like it was it's supposed to. I mean, uh, to, to spew such hate for something uh, that was created out of excitement and passion and trying my best um is no reflection on t.s man am t.s mm-hmm. man i love her and i love yeah. everything she does and i'm mm-hmm. a huge fan and follower and coming from her i was like Ugh. you know but standing there i have learned in the theater world and in the house that i grew up in is that i took i always take more out of the criticisms from people mm. and the cons- and 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 the suggestions than i do from the compliments i appreciate the compliments and i've learned to say thank you when someone says something looks great or that i've done a great job but i really love to hear what i can improve upon and how it how it maybe uh even fell short and what maybe suggestions somebody might have to make it better so it is tough standing there and if, meanwhile i think Uh, my skirt was falling off too because Mm. it was just so heavy and the the tie was undoing and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh gosh, you know, what's next? Mm. So, uh, but at that point, I should, maybe I should have just let it fall to the floor and been like, well, there you have it, you know, is it better now? (laughs) A good campy moment. That would have, yes, Yes, that would have been hilarious.
2: Well, Heidi was very displeased and untucked that she was not in the top um she told candy actually that she wanted to quit the competition at that point so did you hear her say that and or was that sort of made public to the group in that point
4: i think this began the the where we see a lot of the emotions uh happening and uh i think that yes i i i know she was she was struggling with her look and then she wanted it to look a certain way and I was assisting, and other people, uh, Kahana was jumping in and assisting her, and I think the frustration level started to to build for her, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and I think for her that it was just a, it was an emotional moment where, you know, we're all trying to put our best foot forward, yeah. and we start to think, like, in the unfortunate way, which I have learned to not do anymore, is to start to think, like, oh my gosh, everybody's, everybody's out to get me, or this is, this is, and really, the the biggest challenge is yourself the biggest challenge is to do your best in your own in your own way and in your own mind and not to self sabotage yes no i
2: fully get that and i think that there wasn't an, an interesting moment after that though with you in the deliberations um you or maybe this was beforehand um but you said if i if i go home i can accept that so can you explain maybe the thought process in that moment was that an element of maybe you throwing your hands up or was or what was going on there?
4: I definitely don't want anybody to think I was throwing my hands up. What I wanted to say okay. is that if it was if it was a matter of me going home it's not going to end my world. It's not going to ruin me. I am I am sober now going on 8 years. I have a mm-hmm. strong a stronger sense of who I am and that is didn't and will not ruin me as a matter of fact i'll build from it and so if i if i think about that i was trying to be fair in that i know how hard it is for the gals to make the decision of who they would send home i I did support jessica very much in the previous uh episode with her uh english having a difficult time pronouncing different words and we were working very strongly together and i was not yet in the bottom um, mm-hmm. So this was my first time. So this being said, it was like, well, um, I thought maybe the the I probably thought too much that the gals would have had my back instead of really fighting for myself. Um, that comes from being a manager and a team player. I like to it's 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 natural for me in my his, history and my work to be the manager and support everyone and, and to try to make everybody feel OK. And I think that is ultimately what I was doing. Had I screamed and said, I deserve to be here, I have worked hard for the last several years to build my career and to get to this point, and you do, do not need to send me home. Certainly, looking back, I wish those were the words that came out versus I will be okay, because of course I'll be okay. I have a, a strong family unit and uh, a home life, and I have been working on myself. So I think it, looking back, it would have been nice for me to really fight. Mm. Well, I think we
2: can. We still feel there's like a quiet power in that, though, that I understand. And I mean, you are such a success story, and that you have, like, you have a beautiful family that supports you. Your sobriety journey. I know we talked about that in our first interview last year, and I think that you are just such a model of. Uh, grace in your success. And I appreciate that comfort that you were sort of just quietly expressing in that moment. Um, I just think it was important. I didn't mean to imply that I thought you were giving up. I just thought it was important to clarify for listeners in that moment. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Of course. So the last thing I want to ask you is I loved this moment uh, where everybody put on candies (laughs) candies <laughs> pink blush and untucked so i'm wondering because uh, we did see alexis michelle in that moment say oh i forgot we have to go back out on the stage so did everybody have to wash that off before going back on the stage or did everybody wear that and how did the judges react
4: i think they I and mean, for the most part they, they made their their best effort to blend it and went out there like that And i was like <laughs> you look like a bunch of idiots i mean because that's a specific makeup style oh, yes, and it it works is. very well You know, it works well for Candy. Like, Candy has her own style and her own look, and it works. I like it. I enjoy it. But when you try, like, I've tried back in the day when um, uh, season seven, I came home and I would try to put my eyelashes like Trixie, and and Darian said to me, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, great question. (laughs) So the same thing, like, I've tried the blush, and I was like, this just looks like I fell into a bucket of blush. It doesn't look like I purposely i'm trying to and that's when i when i looked around i was like you look like a bunch of idiots like what why 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 did you all do this i thought it was a funny moment oh sorry i
2: lied the last thing i'll ask you to do very quick pitch for yourself um if you could for the fame games title what would you have to say to people about your runways coming up and and about the fame games
4: well i am thrilled excited and over the moon about the fame games and i can't wait for you to see uh some of the things that are within the mrs kasha davis brand and how i've stretched as a performer and an artist and uh there'll be some things that you've never seen before
2: that's very exciting as is everything that you do mrs kasha davis i wish you nothing but the best and i will be watching for what you do uh for the remainder of the show and after the show you've been such a wonderful presence on tv screens and to uh get to talk to these uh past few weeks so uh thank you again for everything and i wish you the best thank you you too
1: Checking out without the checkout, people? It's my chance of a lifetime. I've wanted to do this for so long. Watch this. Hi, may I help you? Your friendly server. How do they work these things? Hello? Oh, it's a... Ah! Well, maybe I shouldn't mess. I may break it. All right, it's time to bag, pay. Oh, I got to pay. I'll leave them a check right here where they'll see it.
2: Love, Susan. We leave you today as, like all the All-Stars 8 judges who didn't give Heidi and Closet a top placement for the ball, freshly minted criminals who've broken into a grocery store in the middle of the night and paid only with an unverified, unsuitable check that absolutely won't clear from the federal bank of Susan Powder.
3: We might be broadcasting next week from the Tuckahoe prison, but either way, catch us back on your feeds next Tuesday with an all-new episode featuring interviews with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars eight.
2: Please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to us. <laughs> and until next time, we are going to try this one more time. <gasps> Energy.
3: Have a, blessed, Have a night. blessed night. Oh, keep that in. Like I was, I was really on it this time. <laughs> But I'm leaving. I've shown enough. I'm done. <laughs> check
2: the labels. Check the labels. I love that drink. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cederholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive
0: produced by Chanel Johnson. This weather. Ooh. Cloudy weather. Ooh! Ooh.